Hello, beautiful listeners. This is episode two of the Not Your Cup of Tea podcast. My name is Sonia, and I'll be your host. So it's another week down in California, and things are slowly but surely coming together. I finally feel settled into my cozy little apartment, which is a big deal in these COVID times, uh, considering how little we go out in public. I also got my California driver's license in the mail, and it is so funny how something so small can really seal the deal. Um, I haven't started working yet, which is definitely the next big piece of the puzzle, but I have had a lot of time and solitude to reflect on the choices and experiences of the last month. Even more importantly, this is the first time in my life that I've began to examine my intentions for the future without any distractions, and it has been a powerfully healing time in my life. So all healing takes time, but in this episode, I want to debunk the myth that time heals everything. Some life experiences are meant to change you permanently, to shape your judgments, and your perceptions, and to prepare you for future pain and future joy. Have you experienced fear, grief, or pain lately? You might not want to hear this, but good. This state is temporary and it is pushing you forward on your path of growth. So let's talk about it. I've spent much of the hard times in my life wishing I could skip to the future, not wanting to confront or own the things that were happening in the present. This caused me to pack many painful experiences away because out of sight, out of mind, right? Wrong. (laughs) So wrong. And it wasn't until I started opening these boxes that I realized that these events were not as safely packed away as I had thought. And in the years of pretending they didn't happen, they actually seeped out of their hiding places into my everyday thoughts and actions. This manifested itself in my life as a constant anxiety, situational depression, midnight panic attacks, sleep loss and nightmares, a fearful attachment style, low self-esteem, and a variety of triggers. But if I had never begun to explore those memories that I had tried to banish, I would never have noticed the ways in which they had affected me. And by allowing them the space to be real, I was able to take ownership of what happened and reclaim my mind. Believe it or not, opening those boxes was the best thing I ever could have done for myself. So how did I recognize that I was healing? A few key factors stood out to me. So for a minute, think about the events in your life which have impacted the way you view the world, and when you do, what immediate reactions do you feel? Disappointment? Shame? Guilt? Or maybe acceptance, understanding, and forgiveness? Let me tell you what I noticed and see if it relates to your state of mind. 
One, you're comfortable spending time alone. Personally, I am extremely solitary. Although I'm friendly, I'm introverted at heart, so social and emotional experiences have a special way of depleting my energy. This has often caused me to isolate in order to have the time and the space to process the events that took place in both healthy and unhealthy ways. On my good days, I enjoy my own company so much that socializing isn't even on my radar, um, but not every day is a good day. And be aware of your mentality when you're alone. Do you feel neglected or left out? Are you unmotivated or do you distract yourself with activity? Do you worry or obsess about the things that have already happened or haven't happened yet? These are normal responses. However, it is our duty to our mental health that we observe these responses in a way that owns but does not identify. And the truth is, being alone sometimes is good for your soul. It creates independence and self-sufficiency. It opens the door to finding your own hobbies and interests. And it gives you the opportunity to care for and love yourself. 2. You take time to reflect and respond, not just react. There was a level of emotional intelligence and maturity that I had to reach in order to be in control over my reactions. I used to take disagreements personally. I allowed myself to be too open and too vulnerable, and I would feel devastated when I didn't get the approval I craved. It took a long time to realize that these immediate responses were not a reflection of my personality traits, but more likely a product of my superego. When something happens that upsets you, we have to give ourselves time, even if just a moment, in order to analyze what we are feeling and determine if it aligns with what we truly think about the situation. You may start to notice a pattern of discrepancy between the two, and if you do, only you can rise above a triggered reaction to respond authentically. 3. You see the people in your life as individuals with their own unresolved trauma. As an introvert, especially when I'm in public places, I am sometimes overwhelmed with sonder, which by definition is the realization that each random passerby is living a life as vivid and complex as your own. It takes a good amount of compassion and perspective to realize that the people in your life who have damaged you have likely endured a decent amount of traumatic experiences as well. We all carry scars, some inflicted unconsciously, some that were absolutely intentional, but either way, no one is exempt from suffering. But this is a chance to ask yourself, do I want to perpetuate the hurt I feel, or do I want to be a healer of myself and others? When you realize that the wrongs done to you are probably the result of wrongs done to others, it allows you a chance at forgiveness and acceptance of that person. 4. You set clear boundaries and let go of the people who don't respect them. Honestly, this is the hardest one for me to consistently practice. 
I have a pattern of either setting too many boundaries and cutting myself off from any level of vulnerability, or I set zero boundaries and I get taken advantage of. It's been a long process of breaking down my people-pleasing habits and being more in tune with my comfort level. Moreover, being able to calmly and effectively express that comfort level has been a challenge of its own. When you're able to be honest about where you stand, you not only show respect to the other person and the situation, but you actually show the highest amount of respect towards yourself. Setting boundaries is a way to be open to new experiences while also protecting yourself and your judgment. Let's call it being cautiously optimistic, and let's make sure we practice it. 5. You are not offended by being misunderstood. If you're practicing the previously mentioned concepts, you'll quickly find that not everyone in your life is on this level. They may consider you to be selfish or distant, and you may even be attacked for not giving them what they want from you. For example, attention, validation, service, etc. It's cliche, but we have to lead the way for the change we want to see in the world. We must be the ones to set the example of an objective, rational, and compassionate conscience. Being comfortable with ourselves, responding authentically, loving people where they're at, setting boundaries, these are all great ways to live. But if you can't accept that people will not always understand, you're only setting yourself back. Shakespeare said, To thine own self be true. And I believe he meant that regardless of what others think about you. Wherever you're at in your journey, I hope this episode has given you some actionable tools to take into your everyday life. Just remember that you are not alone and you're stronger than you think. I'll see you guys on the next episode, and that's the tea for today.